Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the uh, <laughs> the Lawn and Garden Hour here uh, on a Saturday morning, kind of a chilly Saturday morning across most of Texas. I hope you're having a good day so far. Uh, we are having a little bit of technical difficulty right now in that I am not hearing the station back to my studio, so we're trying to figure that out. We're going to get into a break pretty quickly here. It will give me a moment to see what... Uh, uh, what might be going wrong i believe it may be at the studio end but uh, there's never any assurance when you have a horticulturist on the other end so we'll we'll see what happens uh, i hope that uh, you are protecting the plants at your place if you are in the northern half of the state there is a freeze alert for much of texas for tonight check your weather forecast a frost cloth can make about six or seven degrees worth of difference over your plants if you have tender plants uh, such as tomatoes or peppers beans, squash, uh, basil is one of the most tender plants we have, coleus also. Uh, if you have any of those out in your landscape and if it's going to be anywhere below 35 tonight, you probably ought to cover those. And if you have tropical plants or in pots, get them back inside. They need to be inside. There's no reason to leave them out tonight. Uh, it just all depends where you are and what you're growing. Um, the average date of the last killing freeze in much of the state actually hasn't arrived yet in the northern uh, half or or so of Texas and so we've been pushing it by putting things out a little bit early we just assumed that it's okay to do so and that assumption may end up costing us tonight so you need to uh, be very careful and and get your plants uh, uh, protected uh, otherwise it's time to finish up the pre-emergent weed killer application of dimension halts or bayland to prevent the germination of crabgrass and grass spurs. That time is here right now, and it will not be here much longer. When it gets up into the uh, 80s, uh, they're going to start germinating really quickly. South Texas, you're probably too late already. Uh, it depends on where you are. We broadcast from Amarillo, where it is quite cold and has been, uh, to uh, Victoria and Corpus Christi, where they don't really know uh, a lot about cold most years. Uh, so uh, it, it just really depends on where you are. Um, if you are out in nurseries, I would suggest that you shop early this year because we are likely to have uh, shortages of some of the, the best plants, the most popular plants. So those will be some starting points. We'll uh, fill in around them, and I'll try to get this one audio thing. I don't know that it's in my control. Unfortunately, last time this happened, uh, we found that there was a, a short in a wire at the uh, studio, at the main studio. So that uh, may be what's happened. Uh, again, I don't know. Don't know. Not my pay grade. Let me tell you about Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. It might be the only gardening reference book that you need to have on the shelf. I think you'll find that it will help you be the most successful gardener you ever dreamed of being. It's a hardback with 344 pages, 840 of my photographs, and it was printed in San Antonio, not in China, and bound at the Universal Book Bindery in downtown San Antonio. That's a historic uh, uh, book bindery. There are 11 chapters that cover all aspects of lawns, landscapes, trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals and perennials, fruit and vegetables. Chapter 2 is very special because it is a 48-page calendar telling you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all the plants in your landscape and garden. All of that information, all in one chapter to keep you fully apprised four paid per month of what to do when your satisfaction with the book is fully guaranteed or i'll refund every penny you invest in it so you really can't lose you'll get a signed copy i sign every sunday evening and monday 
put them in the mail on Tuesday or Wednesday, and you have them within just a day or two after that. And like I say, satisfaction fully guaranteed. You cannot find it in stores or on uh, Amazon. If I had put it there, then you wouldn't be able to get a signed copy. That's the reason. It's not because I'm trying to make every last penny because I've kept the price really low for you. Uh, through a store or on Amazon, it would have been about $20 more. Book is only $36.95 with 840 photos. That's a bargain. $36.95, that's a sale price for a limited time more. So get it now while you can. And that's at neilsperry.com or call my office Monday through Friday, 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. The better way to order it right now at neilsperry.com. Homegrown goodness, that's what Mueller is all about. Mueller's been producing quality steel buildings and metal roofing right here in Texas for 90 years. Now you can grow a Mueller greenhouse right in your own backyard. Their easy-to-assemble, bolt-together greenhouses come in five sizes, from 6x9 to 12x21, and they feature a galvanized steel frame with more than 30 designer trim colors from which to choose. With hail-resistant polycarbonate panels, lockable walk doors and windows, a Mueller greenhouse will let the sun shine in while it protects your plants year-round. So don't let the weather ruin what you've worked so hard to produce. Get yourself a greenhouse, a great greenhouse, from a great Texas-grown company. Wouldn't it be nice to have a Mueller greenhouse in cold weather like this? Visit them online at MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com, or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER, 877-268-3553. That's MuellerInc.com. Mueller means greenhouses. I'll have more after this message. All right. Well, obviously, we've bailed on doing it the electronic way. We are doing it the old-fashioned way, on the phone. Neil Sperry here live. Kind of? I think I am. (laughs) We are. Let's uh, talk gardening. Let me get a call screen page up now that we've abandoned that effort. And uh, see what we have. It's hidden way behind everything else that we've been doing. And uh, let me get all of that out of the way. And uh, you ever have a day like that? Hmm? Let me uh, get right here. And uh, right there. I'm sorry you're having to hear this. If you would like to, uh, have I given you a number even? Let me see. Uh, it is uh, 888-256. 1080. I just dialed it, so that uh, would uh, seem familiar to me. And uh, I don't even know that you've heard the number enough times to, to know to call it. So we'll see. Yeah, we got a call. That's good. Um, but I need a few more, so I'm encouraging you to call me now, if you will, please. 888-256-1080. So uh, call now, and we'll get you right on the air. 888-256-1080. We start the program today with B in Southlake. Hey, this is Neil. Good morning. Hi, Neil. Hey, thanks for uh, being online. I listened to you uh, many, many years. Uh, Good, and thank I've you. never called you. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm a master gardener at, in Tarrant County, and uh supposed to know about stuff like this, but grass is not my thing. 
And so I've had problems with my backyard. I've written down the facts so you, I won't fumble around with you. My backyard had St. Augustine, but it's now mostly weeds and dirt. Uh, okay. The contractor come out to give me uh, estimates on replacing it was told that that loss was due to grubs. So number one uh, question is how do I know if it was the loss of grass was due to grubs or fungus? Well, um, it's going to be very hard to tell right now. When, um, let me tell you that, that the, I will help you now. I'll try my best to help you now. But I will also tell you that I had so many, so many calls, uh, actually over the last several years, that I have left extremely detailed information on my website at neilsperry.com on the homepage for St. Augustine Diagnostics. And I'll tell okay. you why, B, because, because there are, I think it's probably five or six problems that show up, and they are so similar even when they're happening that it yeah. is hard to uh, hard for a consumer to to describe, okay. well, is it tan or is it beige? Uh, is it pulling loose from the runners or from the blades? And unless they're right out there on the lawn, they don't really know. And so I end up yeah. talking for 10 minutes, and the folks don't really know a lot more than they did when they called me. So I'm going yeah. to start this, preface this answer with that comment. Let me go through these, sure. uh, but I'm going to ask you some very, very ultimately critically important questions, and I just need a really precise answer. What month sure. did you first see the problem? Uh, the summertime. What month? Last summer, you know, July, August. All right. If it was July and August are very different from June in, in my answer. So that's why I needed you to be really precise. If it was okay. July and August, uh, then my next question to you is, was it in uh, sun or was it in shade or was it in both? Both. All right. Um, the, uh, the things that happen in sun and shade in the summer, uh, that narrows it down to gray leaf spot. Gray leaf spot and chinch bugs are the two things that will show up in the summer um, and of the two, chinch bugs will only be in the hottest, sunniest parts of a yard. They will not ever be in the shade. Uh, gray leaf spot will be all across a yard. Grubworm damage will show up in, it may show up in October, September, especially October. And then it could show up first thing out of the starting blocks in, uh, in April. Um, and, and in April, you also will see take all root rot, but it will not wait around until the summertime to show up. So by, by telling me that it was July and August and it was only, it was uh, over the entire yard, then it's not going to be grub worms and it's probably not going to be chinch bugs, which were monumentally horrible last year. So it's probably gray leaf spot. That would be uh, a couple of weeks after a fertilization of nitrogen. You don't want yeah. to fertilize St. Augustine in the middle of the summer because of gray leaf spot. It is exacerbated by the, by the, uh, by the heat, by temperature. And so you avoid okay. nitrogen from the middle of June until the 1st of September. Now, okay. if, if, that, if your answer was in any way a little bit off by a couple, three weeks, then my answer, my answer back to you would be way wrong. And so that's why I, I worry about it. You might still want to read through my descriptions on my website. Yeah. I have your book, and I've been online uh, on your web, website, but uh, I didn't catch uh, 
this analysis. I went on A and M's uh, ag, ag, you know, trying to learn about all this, but I sure. just had questions. Um, well, now, I kind of hit the ground running with you, and any anxiety that you detected in my voice when I started to answer your question I, was not you. It was this electronic mess that I'm trying to figure out with, uh, oh, with my the, broadcast here, so forgive me for that. But go ahead. Uh, Neil, it, my questions are, I wrote them down so I don't fumble around with you. It, is it necessary to kill weeds prior to laying new sod? And if so, uh, uh, what I... Yeah, it depends on what the weeds are. If they're just annual winter weeds, probably just mowing close and rototilling before you. It is necessary to rototill lightly, just okay. an inch or two down, to smooth okay. out the ground and, and loosen it. And that would get rid of the winter weeds like clover and and uh, henbit and things like that. If you have uh, if you have Dallas grass, you know, and since you're a master gardener, you know what Dallas grass is. That one you right. really want to get rid of before you start planting sod. It's too early to plant sod anyway. In, in oh. South Lake, it's probably a month early. Is that right? Oh, okay. So, so do I have to? Uh, I think I have some Dallas. Dallas. So, t- should I kill that uh, now before we lay the new sod? It's not growing yet. You're going to need to wait about a month for it to be greened up and growing. Uh, it, it's barely greening up, and it may set back a little bit because of the cold uh, tonight. In fact, yeah, and uh, you would want to you would want to use a glyphosate only weed killer uh, to get rid of it. Something that is just glyphosate, no other active ingredient. Give it about ten days to kill it. It has to go in through green leaves, and uh, that's why you have to wait until probably April to to spray Dallas grass this far oh. north. Folks in South Texas wouldn't have to wait. So I better run, but but hopefully that'll get you off to a good start. May I ask you about Zoysia versus uh, St. Augustine? Why would you want to change? Uh, that, well, I'm asking you. Uh, I hear St. Augustine, I mean, Zoysia is just the way to go. And uh, nope, if, if you say that, I'll, I can stay exactly with St. Augustine. Zoysia is. Um, Zoysia is probably where our turf grass of the future will be, but I don't think we're there yet. There, Palisades is a is a very nice variety, and and uh, there are several others that have been selected, and they're very lovely lawns. Uh, it is a lot more expensive. It is slower growing. It is uh, slower to green up in the spring. Um, okay. It is less shade tolerant than St. Augustine. It has many of the same problems as St. Augustine, for example, gray leaf spot and take all root rot. Um, so we don't avoid those problems by, by planting zoysia. So a lot of people think they can run from the problems by going to zoysias and they don't. Um, but it is a, it is a very attractive grass and I won't talk people out of it, but because it costs so much to plant it, I, I want them to be sure that they have a reason that they want to plant it. No, just trying to get something that would be more tolerant to to stuff. But you know, I I am not. I'm relying on do, your do input. More, yeah, do do yeah. more homework and and make sure. And I won't talk you out of it. There are many different types of zoysias. Some of them are finer textured than others, and uh, you know you might find one that you like. But but do the research and don't believe the Sunday supplement ads that you see that claim that you only mow it twice a year and all the those those things have been running for. Uh, since I was a kid, and I haven't been a kid in a long time, 
and they are no more true now than they were back then. I must run. I'm way behind now, and I, I've got some other phone calls, but, but I hope that helped me, and I really am grateful for your call this morning. Have a, have a good day. Folks, I uh, hope you'll uh, give me a buzz. I have one line open now, hers at 888-256-1080. We'll come back to Diana and Brenham in just a second, 888-256-1080. Then Stephen and Amarillo with a question I, I don't I don't recall ever having before. That one will be fun for you. Growing giant timber bamboo. We'll see see what that's all about. That's going to be fun. If you miss getting high-yield turf and ornamental weed and grass stopper pre-emergent down, it's probably not too late in the northern third of the state or half of the state. But if, you, if you've missed it and you have some weeds popping up already in your yard, it's still cold, oh, yeah, or maybe damp in some parts of the state for weed killers to have any effect on the weeds, Fertilone Weed-Free Zone is one of the few weed killers you can use this time of the year when it's still cold and, and it's still pretty early in the season. It uses a weed, a, a cool weather herbicide that is effective down to 40 degrees and up to 85 degrees. Fertilone Weed-Free Zone safely controls more than 80 broadleaf weeds. You can use it for dandelions, henbit, chickweed, and even more. If that sounds like your yard, Hey, this might be the product for you. Fertilone Weed-Free Zone. You'll see rapid and effective broadleaf weed control with visible results in 24 hours. And soon your lawn will be a weed-free zone. No matter where you live, out west in Alpine, south down to Brownsville, Corpus Christi, or Victoria, east over to Longview or Crockett, or north to the Panhandle, you can find quality Fertilone and high-yield products at your local, independently-owned feed store or nursery or hardware store. Ask for Fertilome, weed-free zone. That's at Fertilome.com. You can read all about all the great Fertilome products. They are Texas products. That's kind of neat. And again, they are at independent of feed stores, nurseries, and hardware stores. Fertilome, weed-free zone. We'll have more after these messages. Thank you, Kelly, very, very much. And we go right back to our phone lines. Let's go to Diana in Brenham. Diana, thanks for waiting. How can I help you? Hi, Neil. Thank you so much. Listen, Absolutely. I was just listening to your last call, and I'm sorry it's about sod again, but I did have a question that I haven't been able to find in the resources because I was had I was kind of forced to put down sod early because of utility work that had been done in our yard and... It was definitely tilled down well to about six to eight feet, so I'm good with all that, but the issue is it was planted about two weeks ago, put down about two weeks ago, and with the warm weather we've been having, it has just grown like unbelievably <laughs> a lot, even compared to our normal yard. And so my question is, how soon do you mow and or fertilize this fresh sod do I need to give okay. it a certain amount of time, or do I do it according to how well it's growing? Uh, the latter. You want to mow it. This is <laughs> this is going to sound like I'm jabbing you. You want to mow it as soon as it needs to be mowed. Uh, whatever the grass is, uh, it will have its own recommended mowing height. And as soon as it's about a third taller than that, then that's time to mow it. It sounds okay. to me like it is maybe five feet higher than that already. <laughs> <laughs> no, not so. that. But it, it is St. Augustine. Uh, we're trying to match, okay. of course, the yard that was existing. Sure. And uh, like I said, well, it's, if, it's probably, we, I would probably mow it if 
that's the recommendation at this point. Yes, it is the recommendation. You need to mow it as soon as it needs to be mowed, just as you would determine for the rest of your yard. If mm-hmm. we, if if when you start the mower up, it looks like you're scalping it because you should have maybe done it. I, I'm just I'm not saying you should have done it five days ago, but let's just say mm-hmm. that you mow it and say, man, wish I'd gotten the mower out a little sooner. Maybe you mow it high one time and let it have a few days to adjust and then take it down. But it needs to be mowed pretty quickly if it's done a lot of growing already. I would not mm-hmm. fertilize it until it kind of um, reaches an equilibrium. So maybe you don't fertilize it for another two or three or four weeks. It's it's not so going to die from lack of fertilization. Oh, no, no, no. And so, so that would be like with the normal recommendation then for our area when to put out your spring lawn fertilizer. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. And of course, it's yeah, early the same. to mid April would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, that was really my, my two questions because I'm, I'm just amazed. I said it's just growing, and I guess I hope we got good sod because it definitely looks good. And I did. It's, uh, it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hope I didn't do something wrong because I've already done it. But uh, I did put some pre emergent on that area after, I mean, like two days ago before the rain. Because I noticed, well, I was afraid that it might have some kind of weed or some grass that we don't normally have in our yard. And I'm hoping I didn't do it any damage by doing that. Okay. Is that okay? Did I do okay? It's done. (laughs) uh, Not really. Not really. Check the label, and and most pre-emergents will tell you not to apply them until after it's been through its first winter. And you kind of miss that one by 10 months. However, what a pre-emergent uh, does is it, it uh, inhibits root development. And so that's very much to the dismay of the new grass. Um, when, when weed seedlings start to sprout, it goes after their root systems and keeps them from growing. And uh, so you're going to find that the grass won't, won't establish as well as it would have. Um, I don't know what to tell you because uh, because it's just going to have to serve its time with with poor uh-huh. root development going into the summer. It's going to take uh, three months for it to to leach out and and be gone. I, it's not going to kill the lawn, but it's certainly not a good thing to have done. But we're you still thought. friends, and I'm not going to I'm not going to turn you into anybody. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. I guess but, I was thinking pre-emergent yeah. is just more to p- prevent things from germinating. So I didn't to see, prevent roots but, from growing. That's how, how they operate. They don't go into all that detail on the, on the label. Nobody would read it anyway. They don't read the, the, the cautions anyway. I don't Case mean to point. use you as an example, but yeah. But, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, one other thing I, I will offer you, and that is that most weed, I'm sorry, most uh, sod farms are weed-free because they don't want weeds in their turf. They, they wouldn't be able to sell it. Uh, when they get inspected by the Texas Department of Agriculture, if there are weeds in the in the turf, they would be flagged. And uh, well, so I you don't have to worry about sod arriving with a bunch of weeds in it. I guess my my, my concern was because it did have a little bit of the um, um, rye grass, that, that rye that we try so hard to prevent, when I got oh, it. And I noticed yeah. that, and I went, oh. So that made yeah, that, 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 that one that, in that, September. You deal with that one in in, uh, in late August or early September. And I, yeah, but, yeah, and I, but Diana, well, yeah, hang on, hang on, just a second. I will tell you that if if you came to me at late August and you said, Neil, I planted this in March, mm-hmm. do you think I would dare use a pre-emergent now? 
uh, it hasn't been through its first winter. I would say if it's been growing all that time, I think you could probably do that. Oh, okay. I think okay. I'd probably bend the rule that much, but uh, a week or two okay. after planting, I don't think so. Anyway, okay. good okay. luck with it. Okay. Keep well, it well watered. It, it should be fine. <laughs> okay. All righty. Thank all you so right. much. Take care. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. All right, let's see. I, I'm going to, I don't want to take a chance on, on losing him because he has some kind of appointment at 1138 or something. So I'm going to go, it's not that quite that late yet. I'm going to go to Stephen in Amarillo right now. I'm just curious about his question. Stephen, this is Neil. How cold did you guys get you know, last night? You know, I haven't even checked yet. Uh, I know that the heater did run a fair amount last night. I can imagine. Sometimes, you know, what's really funny, I live in McKinney, and some, what's really funny is you guys get a cold front end, and by the time it arrives in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, you're already warming up, and so I'll look to see, oh, my, I wonder how cold it is in Amarillo, and you're warmer than we are sometimes. So, anyway, how can I help you today? Well, my wife and I, for uh, uh, we're building a new house on a new homestead, and we're trying to establish multiple usable resources, one of which we have decided we may want to try is a giant timber bamboo. Um, we live on 10 acres, and so we do have room for it, but we, I have seen the horror of a bamboo invasion many times on other people's land. So I'm wondering, how can I safely grow giant timber bamboo without running into an invasion problem? In Amarillo? Yes. Yeah, you're not going to have any problem at all. It's tropical. Okay, Dan, I, I had heard that. That's kind of what I heard, so that boosts my confidence. And it will grow in our area, but, uh, and I'm asking you, this is not a statement, but it will grow in our area, but it is not prone to invasion because of our climate, correct? It won't survive the first winter. It won't survive oh, okay. the first hard freeze. It won't survive the end of October. In Amarillo. Interesting. All right. Well, then, that, that have you takes that off have my you plate. Ever been through, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you, you'd grow in a pot and you'd enjoy looking at it. Although, are, are you aware of the facts of, of giant bamboo? It grows three feet a day. It's it's the fastest growing plant in the world. And Yeah, uh, that's why we were wanting to grow it, is to actually use it. Well, I, it isn't going to work. Um, my wife and I have actually been in a, a tropical bamboo uh, forest on uh, the road to Hana in Maui, going around Mount Haleakala, and it's an amazing sight. But uh, oh my goodness gracious, um, it, if it, if you didn't freeze in Amarillo, you would not want that in your yard because it would be just as invasive as golden bamboo is, except its uh, stems are you know, the size of your leg. But no, it's it's all kidding aside, Stephen. It will not survive in Amarillo. It's, it would be a novelty, and and where you would see it used is in a big shopping mall. Back before they downsized so much, J.C. Penney's national headquarters had it growing in their in their corridor, and uh, it was an interesting thing to see. But it's not going to grow outdoors. Well, good then. You spared me from a lifetime of misery from an invasion. <laughs> You're safe. I appreciate your call. It was fun. Thank you. Have a good day. Stay warm up there. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, Bobby and Brenham, you will be coming up in just a moment. Let me get an ad out of the way here, and we'll come back to you. Uh, Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening is my book, and uh, 
That is not a plant that is mentioned in my book. Don't buy the book to grow tropical bamboo, giant tropical bamboo. I didn't mention it at all. I mentioned golden bamboo, and really I suggested you not try that one either because it is so ultra-invasive. Anyway, to my point, this is a book that uh, has uh, 344 pages, which indicates it's a pretty good-sized book. 840 of my photos. Now, it's not a a huge book that that we couldn't sit on it, you know, put into a bookshelf. It's not that kind of book. It's not a coffee table book. This is a book you'll use. 840 of my photographs. Uh, It's printed on high-quality paper, and I had it printed in Texas because I didn't want to have it say Lone Star Gardening on the cover and on page 3 say printed in China. That's what a lot of the books are done. That's how they're done now. I wanted to go to the press checks and make sure that the book had all the colors uh, uh, properly printed and and, uh, everything done to my satisfaction. I I don't think I'm a control freak, but in that respect, I I really was. And and so this is the book I wanted to have in the first place. I've done four other books, and they just weren't, they didn't end up the way I wanted them. I worked through publishers and those others. This one is self-published. Chapter two is a calendar I've never put in a book before. It's 48 pages, four pages per month of what needs to be planted and pruned and fertilized and protected, sprayed, weeds, insects, diseases, things like that, month by month by month. So you'll be right on on track of when should I do this or that uh, all through the gardening year. Then chapters, uh, chapter one is the basics of gardening in Texas, and then there are specific chapters for trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, and fruit and vegetables. Now, for a limited time, I've put the book on sale at $36.95, and that's a good savings, and it's, a, I think, a, a book that will pay for itself by the end of June, the end of the spring growing season, or I'll buy it back from you. Uh, it is not in stores. It's not on Amazon. It's available directly from me only, and uh, you will get a signed copy as a result. You order from my office weekdays. Here's the number to call, 800-752-GROW, G-R-O-W. It's not a zero. 800-752-4769. But the better way is to order it right now from my website, and that is Neil. Sperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. More after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much, and welcome back. Let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, go ahead and call. We have time for another call or two, 888-256-1080. Let's go to Bobby in Brenham. Bobby, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. I planted yes, uh, tomato plants uh, about three weeks ago, and they're close close to a foot tall now, and they're putting on flowers. Is that normal? Is that normal, you say? Yeah, be, being that young to put on flowers. Oh, absolutely. Early. No, that's, yeah. that's absolutely normal. I have a grower friend of mine who raises, uh, oh, tens of thousands of tomato transplants every year, and and some of the smaller varieties, especially the cherries and the and the ones that get uh, uh, old golf ball size, like Roma and some of the others that are smaller, will start blooming almost. I mean, well, certainly in four inch pots, they'll be in bloom. So, so yeah. go ahead and let that produce fruit. Yeah, you can. Um, 
Yeah, most people will because if the plant is growing vigorously, vigorously, it can it can support the the fruit. It'll be all right. Okay, one more question. Uh, you know sure. what a sucker is on a tomato plant? Certainly. Is it necessary to pull them out of there, out of those joints? Uh, it is no longer necessary, depending on how you uh, how you grow the tomato plant. Are you putting them in cages? Yeah, they're in cages. Yeah, if you have if you have them in cages, and especially if you have uh, substantial cages, not the little V-shaped cages that are thigh high, you don't want those. If you have them in cages that are four feet high, you leave all the the suckers in place. They will shade the ripening fruit. Yeah, you know, when I was when I was a kid, Bobby, back in the uh, back in the 18th century, we took all the suckers off and trained the tomatoes up a stake. And yeah, that's, um, that's that's the way I grew up on on raising same here. Yeah, I'm not quite as old as I suggested, but but that's the way that. And I grew up in College Station. That was the way we grew our tomatoes. But then we found out if we didn't take the suckers off, number one, the tomatoes were shaded, and so they didn't sun scald. And secondly, we got about 10 times as many tomatoes. And our, we also didn't have green arms when they came into the house. So right. there's all kinds of reasons not to take the suckers off. Now, you want to leave those. No. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Appreciate that. All right. Let me take my last break, and then uh, we'll see where we are time-wise with calls. I do not have anybody ahead of you. If you care to call now, you'd be the next person up. So I'll just give you that little head start. Neil's Phrase eGardens is my free electronic newsletter. Uh, I work about a day to a day and a half a week on eGardens. There are five stories in each eGardens. One of them is always a featured plant for that week. One of them is always uh, gardening this weekend, where I give you the tips of what needs to be done that weekend. Boy, this was a tough one to write, where it's going to be cold outside, and, and, and yet there are a lot of things that need to be done right now in the middle of March. So, but that's that's another one of the stories, and then we have the question and answer section, where I answer questions that readers have submitted, and we've really expanded that section of eGarden. So, those are three of the stories, and then there are a couple of others. We have a couple of guest writers, uh, three to be precise, who write once a month for eGardens as well. Uh, it is free and always will be. It comes from my computer directly to your email box Thursdays, just a little after 6 p.m. Maybe mine always comes at 6.03 uh, through a constant contact. So uh, you will never be spammed. I will never give or sell your email address to anybody. So there's nothing you need to worry about. You can always unsubscribe at any time if you choose to. That's Neil Sperry's eGardens, my electronic newsletter. It's 19 years old now. I hope you'll sign up for it. If you want to see what it looks like and decide, I think we'll, I think we'll get you hooked. That's all there is to it. Neil Sperry's eGardens. Take a look and sign up at Neil. Sperry.com. Same place you go to buy my book, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, Neil Sperry's eGardens. There's a lot of talk these days about made in America. Let me tell you about something that's been made in America for 90 years. That's Mueller metal roofing and Mueller steel buildings made right here by people who care about quality of both materials and workmanship. Whether it's a metal roof for your home or a custom steel building or even a shed or a greenhouse for the backyard, Mueller means quality. Mueller has four manufacturing facilities right here in the good old USA. 
and with 33 branches for sales and service, there's a Mueller location near you. When you choose Mueller for metal buildings or for roofing, you're choosing the best quality products to protect your family and your property, and you're supporting local jobs and local families. Ordinary, hardworking folks who are proud to provide a product that's made right here in America. When somebody's been doing something for 90 years or more, they're doing it right. Visit MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com, or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553. Mueller, M-U-E-L-L-E-R. They are made in America, and they're made to last. MuellerInc.com. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. Well, let's spend our last couple of minutes in today's program just talking about things that you need to do in the last half of March. Um, we mentioned the importance of uh, finishing up pre-emergent application with either Dimension or Baylan or uh, Holtz. Uh, that would prevent the germination of uh, crabgrass and grass burrs, and that's for the northern half of the state. Hopefully you've already made that application in South Texas. Uh, if you have, uh, or if you're uh, going to, then you would want to repeat that application 90 days after the first application uh, for a booster shot to get you through the entire growing season. Those products are good for about 100 days, then they lose their um, uh, their effectiveness. And like I mentioned to the one lady, uh, you don't want to use them if you have new grass or if you intend to sow Bermuda grass seed this spring. Uh, another thing you need to do is you will want to fertilize your lawn, no matter what kind of uh, warm season grass you have. Uh, that'd be St. Augustine, Bermuda, Zoysia, or whatever. Uh, you don't want to fertilize until uh, you do want to fertilize with an all nitrogen or high nitrogen fertilizer with up to one third of that nitrogen or 40%. Nurseman uh, uh, explain that to you, and uh, and that would. Uh, be something you do about the 1st of April and then every couple of months, but don't fertilize St. Augustine in the summer. We do have a call from Tanya in San Angelo. Let's go to Tanya. Tanya Sneal, good morning. Good morning. How can I help you? Have about a minute and a half. Okay. Um, we just wanted to know who you recommend buying your vegetable seeds from for the garden. All right. All right, I would buy from, I, I, you know, I, I don't know that I want to go on record as recommending one particular company, but I would I would look for a company that's been around a long time. Uh, I would certainly look for a company that has a, a very good reputation. There are several long-time companies that sell vegetable seed um, and avoid the ones that have uh, just flashy uh, uh, websites that, um, look like dime store things. You don't want that. And I, I would be very careful of buying seed off racks in home centers because those have been sitting in hot locations. Uh, retail nurseries probably are good, um, uh, good sources because they will be careful to replenish their supplies uh, online. Uh, some that would be good would be burpee seed. They've been around for well beyond 100 years, B-U-R-P-E-E. Uh, George okay. Park Seed Company in Greenwood, South Carolina. Um, also, Thompson & Morgan Seed, Stokes Seed. I haven't bought anything from Stokes for a while, but I believe they're still very active in New York. Um, I'm forgetting a couple, but but of that 
these are companies that have been around for a long, long time. I got to run, but hopefully that'll get you started. Folks, thanks for listening today. Sorry for the technical issues. We'll get them worked out to Jared Taylor. Thank you. Happy gardening.